In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, we're going to do a little murder mystery, a little case of whodunit. So I hope you'll play along with me for a little bit as we search for the murderer throughout our scripture readings this morning. I hope you'll stick with me because the surprise ending definitely is the best part of the story. So our first murder is quite obvious. Not really a mystery at all. He was the first born into the world. You know, moms and dads, how you gush over your first child. Imagine how much they gushed over the first child ever in the history of the world. When Cain was born, his mom gushed, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Imagine his first words, his first crawl, his first steps. They were the first that anybody in the world ever saw. In one sense, Cain was actually and truly the center of the universe. Then came along a brother, little Abel, and all of a sudden Cain had to share all the attention with someone else. Mom and dad were now busy gushing over little baby brother Abel. And Cain now had responsibility, something he didn't know before. He had to take care of his little brother, be his keeper and protector. One day, the two brothers go to church and worship God for all of his grace and mercy and to receive his favor. They go to church, they sing some good Lutheran hymns like you children did this morning. And then it was time for the offering. Cain was the one who worked the fields and Abel did the livestock. So Cain brings an offering from the fruit of the ground, and Abel brings an offering from the firstborn of his flock, the fat portions. Cain says, look at me, God. I'm the firstborn. Here's my offering, God. But God doesn't look. God only has eyes for Abel and his offering, because Abel's offering was brought in faith and fear and love of God. The only faith that matters. The faith that believes God's promise of forgiveness. So God has regard for Abel's offerings, but for Cain's self-righteous offering, God has no regard. Cain felt the same way you feel when someone you consider to be less worthy than you gets all the praise. And you don't. Jealousy, bitterness, envy, it turns us all into killers. Of course, we kill others in more sophisticated and refined ways, by going behind their backs with words and gossip. Cain just did it the old-fashioned way. He rose up and murdered his brother. When God finally turned his eyes to Cain to ask him what he had done, Cain denied it and he said, Me? Am I my brother's keeper? 
Yes, that's exactly what he was supposed to be. Instead, he is our first murderer. Not too much of a mystery, right? Some thousands of years later, Jesus tells us about a different Cain and Abel going up to church one morning to pray and worship God to receive his, fa- his favor. One was a Pharisee. That would be our Cain. And the other was a tax collector. That would be our Abel. The tax collector believed in God's promises of forgiveness. The Pharisee didn't. He was self-righteous. Now Jesus tells this parable very much like it's a little murder mystery. Very much like it's a whodunit. Now you might think it's easy, but it's not. You know the Pharisee is the bad guy because you've heard this parable so many times. If you met the Pharisee in person, however, you would definitely say that he's the good guy. Think of the most religious person that you know. Someone you really respected. Someone who never missed church, never missed an offering, was always in church to help with this or that. That was the Pharisee. These were the good guys. And the tax collector? These are the guys that everybody hated. You'd hate them too. They were crooked thieves most of the time. They took more than what they were supposed to. They were in with the Romans. Think of anyone that you've been angry with because you felt like they're in and you're out. That's how you'd feel about the tax collector. So Jesus tells us that they come up to pray and one of them murders the other. Now you would assume that it's the crooked, thieving tax collector that kills the Pharisee, right? It's not. The self-righteous Pharisee prays, Oh, I thank you God that I'm good. That I'm like all these other horrible schmucks out there, even like this worthless tax collector here. God, be the one that's praying over there, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So who did it? Jesus says the tax collector went home justified. God had regard for him. He looked down upon him in favor, but not the Pharisee. He's the murderer. He's the one like us that talks the big talk about ourselves and has no problem finding everybody else's sins and then killing them with our words, our gossip, and our hatred. He's the one that murders his brother, tax collector, with a false prayer. So have we solved it? We've got two murderers. Cain and the Pharisee. And we've got two innocent victims, right? Abel and the tax collector. Case closed. Not so fast. God never tells us that either one of them was innocent. Hardly so. Isn't that what we like to think, though? 
that we're just always the innocent victims. Everybody else has the problems with jealousy and pride and self-righteousness. That's why we will always identify ourselves with the tax collector in the story. We're humble like him, right? Well, we might remember Paul's words very clear. There is no one righteous. No, not one. There are no innocent victims. Abel was probably just as annoying as his older brother. Just as much a troublemaker. And I'm sure he murdered his brother a hundred times over with his own jealousy and his name-calling and his anger. And the tax collector certainly was no innocent victim either. He probably stole people's livelihoods with his overcharging on taxes. Because of him, some families probably weren't able to buy groceries at the grocery store or fill their gas tank up with gas. He murdered as much as any other sinner. So the plot thickens. We've got four murders here, not just two. And we're not done yet. All four of them happen to be involved in one big murder. And they're not alone. They have co-conspirators. They have brothers and sisters who have joined in their jealousy and pride, who have partaken of their self-righteousness, who have shown contempt for their siblings. Cain and Abel have a brother and a sister. Did you know that you and I were related to them? You are a relative, and so am I. And we, like our brothers, are murderers. We too have prayed, Thank you, God, for making me me! For not making me like all those other people. Thank you, God, for making me not like those horrible sinners out there who obviously aren't as smart as I am. We too have rose up against our brothers and sisters and murdered them with our words of condescension, our words of jealousy and quick judgment, our words of wrath and hatred. All of us are co-conspirators in the biggest murder that ever happened, the murder of God's own Son, Jesus Christ, on Good Friday. Cain and Abel and the Pharisee and the tax collector and you and me, we all put Him on that cross. It was our sins of jealousy, our sins of hatred and contempt that drove him to his death to pay the ultimate price. The perfect Son of God who was never jealous, never hateful, paid the price for all of our jealousy and pride and hatred. So the mystery is solved, right? We're all the murders. Yes, this is true. But this murder mystery has quite a surprising ending. The one who we murdered, he rose from the dead and he doesn't come back for revenge. He comes back to forgive and save you. Yes, Cain and Abel were both murderers, both sinners, but there was a difference. Abel believed in God's promise of forgiveness. Cain didn't. Abel believed that the sacrifices and offerings which he brought that day were a sign of the very offering that God would give on the cross for the sins of the entire world. Abel believed and God regarded him. The Pharisee and the tax collector were both murderers, both sinners, but there was a big difference. 
tax collector believed in God's promise of forgiveness. The Pharisee believed in himself. That day, both of them were in church in the temple. Both of them saw the lamb being offered on the altar of the temple. For the tax collector, this wasn't an empty ritual. He saw there how God was providing for his salvation. That's why he said, God, make atonement for my sin. Cover it. His words were specific. It wasn't just general mercy that he wanted. He wanted atonement for his sins. He begged God to take away his sins and God said he went home justified, innocent, peace with God. Because the one that he murdered, Jesus, rose from the dead for him and he rose from the dead for you too. The one that you and I murdered is here today in his flesh and blood to forgive you all of your sins. We are not here today as Cain Or as Pharisee was saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like other sinners. No, we're here to say, God, make atonement for my sins. And God does. We are murderers. And that's exactly what God's grace is for. Because all of our jealousy, all of our hatred, all of our content, murder to the one who put it all to death on the cross, and exchange all that sin for His goodness, grace, and love. Here at this altar is atonement for your sins, His body and blood. You are justified. And like the tax collector, you can go home in peace. Thank you, God, for you have made us who we are, baptized, forgiven sinners, Thank you, Lord, that you have shown us what real and true love is. Not showing contempt or jealousy, pride or wrath, but loving and serving us. Laying down your life for us and for our friends. God has eyes for you. Not because your offering is so wonderful or your works so beautiful, but because you have faith in Jesus. Faith in the promise of his forgiveness. Just like Abel. Just like the tax collector. So go home justified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen.